welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. I am always excited to be able to bring new dads to you, to be able to show you some different ways that dads can father, because each one of us does it in a little bit different way. And the great thing about it is that because we all do things a little bit differently, we can learn from each other, we can grow from each other, and take the things that we learn from one another to be able to help ourselves to be the best dads that we can be. And I try to do that every week, as you know. And this week, we got another great guest. Jared Meese is with us. He is doing some amazing things with his kids in regards to music. We're going to talk about that. But today, as we always do, we're going to start talking about being a dad. Jared, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks a lot for having me, Chris. I am so excited to have you here today. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to turn the clock back in time. I know you've got two kids, a four-year-old, a nine-year-old, and I, and I want to turn that clock all the way back, all the way back to that first point that you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was a surprise. We'd been married for seven years at that point, and we thought we couldn't get pregnant. Doctors had told us, like, probably won't happen for you. And then, so we weren't even really thinking about it. We were talking about adopting, and then... Lo and behold, my wife, Brienne, was like, she was pregnant. She had a pregnancy test and got pregnant. And I was like, no way. Let's go get another pregnancy test. And so I got another pregnancy test. And I was smoking cigarettes at the time. And I had two cigarettes left. And on the way to get it, I smoked a cigarette to get the the, the pregnancy test. On the way down, I smoked one cigarette. And on the way back, I smoked my last one. And I was so nervous. And then she took it. It was positive. And I was like, okay, I guess we're having a baby. And it was amazing and, like, exhilarating. It was, like, this, like, insane feeling. And I realized, like, and I, I, you know, we hugged and cried and the whole thing. And we were like... And I looked at her, and I was like, I think I just smoked my last cigarette. And she's like, yeah, you did. You know, you're not going to be smoking cigarettes while we're, we have kids. Like, it was like an immediate, there was like a weird immediate, like, growing up thing that happened, like, in 10 seconds. And then we went and saw the last Harry Potter, because we had tickets, like, immediately from there. And that was weird, because we were, like, not able to concentrate. Yeah, it was a crazy experience of growing up in a small amount of time. You don't usually get to watch yourself, like, transition, and that was definitely a, a period where we watched ourselves transition from one stage of our lives to the next stage, because everything happens so quick. You know, one of the things that I love about what you just said is that, is the what you said, that this is my last cigarette, and then you talk about having to grow up, and I think that all of us have to do that in so many different ways, is finding not only who we were, but who we need to be and who we become, and... What you just said just kind of resonated with me because I think that all of us have to kind of take a look at ourselves and say, okay, now we have something new coming into our lives. We have a new person coming into our lives. So talk to me about that and the things that you had to do to be able to make that transition for yourself, whether it be smoking, whether it be whatever it might have been, to be able to get your mind, get your body, get whatever it is into that place where you needed it to be, to be able to be that dad that you wanted to be, but the dad that your kids needed you to be. Yeah, I mean, that was a, while I say, you know, things changed really quickly, it was also like, 
they also changed really slowly and my brain was trying to catch up, you know, and it still is. It's like you're always a little bit behind. When you have a one-year-old, you're not ready for the one-year-old, and, you know, you're, you're, you're cool with the baby. And then you have a two-year-old, you're like, ah, this is crazy. I was fine with the one-year-old, you know, and it's like it's always a little bit ahead. You're a little bit ahead of yourself. But I guess the transitions that hap- that really happened, it was really like the emotions and the the trepidation and the, the, the fear was palpable, you know, because I understood that I had something more to live for than myself. I always knew that, you know, and I, I, I wanted to know it like more, but it's like until something happens in your life that like really substantially, you know, proves that to you. It, like, I mean, just having a kid is like the thing that just proved like I have something else to live for here and I have something else to be good for. And like, I will like make a mark and leave a legacy here no matter what I do. It's like try or don't try success or fail, whatever, whatever happens, like the time is now ticking and the child is developing and life is life is going on before you. And you just kind of like understand like you have I understood that I had to be participatory and that may sound like really obvious of course you need to be participatory in your your daughter's life but it wasn't obvious you know just like it it kind of hit me over the head of like I'm going to like greatly influence this person you know through music I, I my whole idea is I want to influence people I want to have people think positively and tell them good stories have good melodies running through their heads but the level of influence that one has over their daughter as a dad is like it just was huge at the time i mean it just like was a a massive amount of responsibility and also excitement for like if i did it right what would that be like like if i did it good job you know like i was scared of doing a bad job but i was really like excited about what doing a good job would be like too you know completely understand what you're saying and i think that as you move along I mean, not only are you learning about yourself, but you learn about your kids. And sometimes as you go along, I know for me anyways, as I was going along, there's fear. There's fear that goes along with raising daughters. And it's kind of what you don't know, being a man and not living the life of a, of a, of a girl. But also then you look beyond your own home. You look beyond into society. You look at what that might be. And there's fear there. What would you say as you look at raising your daughters in today's society? What's your biggest fear? My biggest fear, I would say, is it's like fear of the thing that I'm missing that I don't know I'm missing. You know, I feel like I really am trying to cover all the bases and like do this well and do this well and do this well. And I think most dads do. But then it's like I try. It's like I guess it's like getting to when they're 18 and be like, I tried so hard. I did everything I could. I I always gave my best, and yet I had this huge glaring blind spot of this one thing that I just wasn't doing that, like, has caused, you know, an issue. And I think that's more of an anxiety thing for me than it's, like, actually happening in some huge glaring thing. But there is this element of, like, it's you always want to do better, and I mean better in terms of, like, better serve the child who is growing into a woman and, like, not, like, give them more stuff that they want or, like, you know, be their their favorite person every, every second of every day, but more, like, give them the thing that they 
are going to need, prepare them for life, you know, and it's hard in this day and age to really know how to do that because it seems like a lot of the, you know, the, so the game is the same, you know, we're all still just hairless apes, but in a modern world, there's technology is a huge fear of mine and her finding out things from the internet that I should be teaching her. And so I'm, I've kind of been, you know, been focusing on that of like letting her know that I can teach you anything you need to know. And if I don't know it, we can look it up together, you know, and I'm not talking about like, what's the capital of Michigan, I'm talking about the 10,000 other things that, that girls would like to know about and should know about. But finding out from the internet feels kind of like having a very unreliable friend who's always around <laughs> that they're going to to ask questions. So yeah, a concrete, an abstract thing would be something that I'm missing. I'm just missing some huge part of parenting. And then a concrete thing would be technology and the role that it's going to play in my influence over my daughter. Technology is always something that I think is, because it's so invasive in our lives. And as our kids get into school, as they get introduced to different social media, they connect with people, friends, etc. on those platforms. I know I've had the experience with my oldest daughter of bullying and things that happen because they're on these platforms and they don't exactly know how to communicate the best or others don't know how to communicate the best. And we've had to have those conversations because it, it can be scary. And then, as you said, the world is at your fingertips for good or for bad. And I, I love what you said there about you want to be the person you want and you want your daughters to know that you can, that they can come to you to be able to talk to you about anything. And you want to be the one that's explaining things to them and not that they're Googling it and finding out things that maybe they that you're not ready for them to know in that way, because there's a lot of things out there where you can find things out, even though you may not want them to. So I completely, completely understand that. Exactly. And I'm starting to understand, too, that it's like if you offer that, though, if you offer the offer of ask me anything you want and you don't need to go to the Internet, which we recently did with our nine year old, you need to be prepared to give answers and be prepared for things that are maybe you weren't ready to have that conversation uh, about whatever it is, but like you're going to have it because they asked you. And if you, you know what I'm saying? You have to back it up to be able to be like, okay, cool. Let's have an unabashed conversation about sex or about like politics or whatever thing that you were curious about. You're hearing at school or you're hearing from your friends or whatever, you know? So it's definitely a few discussions I was thinking would take another year or two to happen. But I, like I said, I'm glad I was here for them and that I was the one who got to, you know, to put my input in. And eventually the internet will be the place that they should find stuff out. So I don't know, teaching kids to use the internet in a, in a responsible way is something that it's a brand new thing. Parents haven't really done this ever. We definitely have a world ahead of us that we just don't even know what's coming. And and that's the thing that's that I find daunting is that technology is continuously changing and it's changing at such a rapid rate that the amount of information and information overload that individuals, us included, have at our fingertips is going to continue to expand and then we're as we as fathers are going to have to stay engaged, like you just said. And I think you've got you're doing something right because your daughter came to you and she took you up on that opportunity. Whether now, yes, 
there's going to be times where you're not ready for those conversations. But I'll tell you, there are conversations I wish that we had had at an earlier age, like at nine years old versus later, that offer your family a lot of opportunities to be able to get ahead of the curve. And you being the one giving that information is so important. So so kudos to you for opening that door. But I also say good luck because now that you've opened the door, there's going to be other conversations that will be challenging as well, which is not a bad thing. It's just something that you have to deal with. Exactly. And it's like, if you really want to be the person giving the influence, then get ready to be the person giving the influence, you know, and the information. But it's good. I'd rather do it than not do it. Now, I talk about being engaged. And one of the things that I found with you that I loved is that you've started something called Triple Rainbow. I want you to talk about that. But but this is a, a great partnership and opportunity for you and your girls to be engaged in a whole different level. And bringing that music in that you were talking about that you love to, to, to have in your life. So talk to me about Triple Rainbow, how it came to be, and how you got your daughters involved with this. Yeah, I mean, the short story is I've been running a record label with my wife, Brienne, called Tender Loving Empire here in Portland, Oregon. And we've been running that since uh, 2006. And it's also a series of stores that sell handmade stuff and beautiful community-oriented business that we're real proud of. And music has just been part of our life since, you know, we fell in love and almost 20 years ago, like it was over music. Music has always been the backdrop. You know, her family has very musical background and her dad was in lots of LA bands and whatnot in the seventies and big drummer. And, and so we, it's just like been the family band has been something ever since she and I met, like I was playing music with, with Bill her dad all the time. And, you know, even before that, I was in a band with my brother growing up. I taught him to play drums when he was 12 so he could be in our punk band in high school. I don't know. Having a family band is always a thing that it feels right to me. Uh, making music with people you live with is awesome because they're always around and you don't have to like get band practice together. They're just there. And so we've just like been making music the whole, you know, ever since the kids were little, you know, singing songs at bedtime. I realized my daughter, July, has a real good knack for remembering lyrics. And I think it's because some people have it, but she, you know, I've seen her sing her songs at, at bedtime that are like pretty complex songs like Neutral Milk Hotel, Bright Eyes, Harry Nilsson, you know, that have a lot of words to them. And she could remember them all and remember the melodies. And so I realized, like, oh, you can sing this song. You can actually do it. And once I realized that, I was like, we should make songs together. And then I realized, like, well, you know, the lyrics I write for my adult project, which is Jared Mason, The Grown Children, you know, I, 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 I write a lot of lighthearted stuff with that and with that project. But I really wanted it to be, like, hyper-focused on, like, a child's world and really embody, you know, I want the music to really embody the experiences that kids are going through, kind of like the three to ten-year-old world. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of things you're interested in. There's a lot of things that are concerning, scary, beautiful. And it just, once I started writing songs with them, I realized, like, it was like, I don't know, we wrote 20 songs in three months, not even really trying. They just like kind of poured out and recorded demos. And just one thing led to another, led to another. And, you know, I have tons of friends in the, in the music industry and the studios and whatnot. So it's kind of like my second home. 
going to a studio and recording, you know, is fun and easy and a great time to, for me. And so the next step was to take her into the studio. Um, she was eight when we recorded this record that we have coming out in January. It's called You Are Magic. And I took her to the studio and she was record. She recorded, you know, 15 songs. Um, it was very challenging at times. Lots of tears some days, nothing but smiles others, and trying to balance the you know, this is supposed to be fun with like, we are making something and you have to work hard if you want to make something cool and letting her give up and some days and letting her, you know, power through other days. I did not realize it would be like a father daughter. Like we learned a lot about each other. Like there was a, there was a big learning experience in the studio and she, you know, she powered through and we, we did it, mixed the record and it sounds great. And it comes out in January. And then my four year old is. My four-year-old is Piper is also involved, but she kind of is more in the live version. Uh, so the live, our live band is us. We made these awesome instruments. We had COVID in September and we had to be inside for two weeks and it wasn't that bad. We didn't get that bad of a case. So we were just like inside bored. And so we made all our own instruments, drums, guitars, amps, microphones, out of cardboard and really bright fluorescent paper and and they're actually pretty formidable like beefy you know instruments that you can play i put i put uh, little strings on them and i put like like straps and everything so they look real they look i mean they look fake and fun fake but they look they look real like from a from afar you'd be like that's an amazing guitar Anyways, you can check it out online. Our, uh, we have a couple of music videos that feature them on our YouTube, Triple Rainbow. But yeah, we just start playing those. And so we kind of like lip, we lip sync. I mean, we, we, we sing like karaoke. We, we have the track in the background that plays an instrumental track. And then we sing this, the lyrics and, you know, jam out on these kind of like these fake instruments. And Piper plays the drums and July plays the guitar and I play the bass. And so it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting look, you know, when we play live, uh, we played, we played one show and it was really awesome at Halloween. I don't know. It's the, the world of triple rainbow is to me is, is ultimately just expansive, explosive creativity with no rules really to speak of. Don't hurt anybody and don't be crude. But like we're trying to integrate maybe some magic tricks into the show. And there's always Bad Kitty who comes in, who's this cat outfit that we have July change into. She pretends she has to go to the bathroom and then comes back out as Bad Kitty. And we sing a song about Bad Kitty. And it's fun. It's like a theatrical experience and a craft experience and a music experience and there's a lot going on in the world of triple rainbow right now now as you look at the future because it's it is a great partnership between you and your daughters and getting everyone involved and the world of kids music i'm gonna say is it's expansive but i'll tell you i've talked to some other artists that have been in that field for some time it's very rewarding as well and the ones that I've talked to that have gotten their kids involved, they find it really rewarding too. Now, you've been in the music business for a while. Now, what has this experience done for you as a musician and as a as someone in the industry? Um, how has that changed the way that you not only look at your music, but also as at the industry in general? Well, the way I look at my music, I mean, it's expanded my mind of like what the song can be about what you know a song can what song structures work like i think this is some of the best songs i've ever written you know it's not they're not dumbed down like it's really challenging to say something 
concrete that is visual and write it down, make it sound catchy, make the song awesome for an adult to hear, you know, because adults are the ones that really have to hear it a lot. So make it pleasant and not annoying and dumb, you know, and not that there's and not that there's any particular type of children's music that is annoying and dumb, but everybody's heard one. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. And I want it just to be awesome music that kids also like. And so it's been challenging to like be able to do that. And there's such an expansive like subject matter, you know, from slime to road trips to cooking to environmental concerns. I think the real challenge is how do we talk about important things through kids' music? We have a song called Facts, and it's me trying to introduce the idea of this whole idea that kids are going to come and, you know, they're going to grow up, and it's, at one point they're going to realize, wait a second, they said this, and they said this, so, like, what's, the tr- what's true, you know? Or the facts are in question now of, like, People have different versions of facts, and that's maybe a heady concept for a kid, but I wanted to then take it. People disagree about what are and are not facts, but then there's certain facts that you can't change, and you know the fact that you have 100,000 miles of blood veins running through your body, the fact that you are unique, and yet you are part of, of a whole so I guess, you know, trying to trying to explore intricate or like more complex issues is really to me kind of like the challenge of kids music. And that's why it, it doesn't feel like dumbing it down. It feels like a whole new expanse, you know, like I think there's there's a little bit of a pressure, not pressure, but there's a, a resistance, I think, from, you know, musicians to then feel like they're transitioning to just a kid's musician. It's somehow like a demotion. But to me, it's like totally a promotion. And it's like there's so much new, awesome content that you can create. And it's just nice to not have to try to think of something completely profound for an adult. And it's really fun. I am, as far as the industry goes, I'm just kind of learning about the kids' music industry now. It's it's kind of a, a separate world, but it still plays by all the same rules. You know, you still have to like, play shows and you still have to like get on the radio and you still have to do interviews and you still have to put music videos up but the crossover between kids music and popular music is not really there the way you might think you know so that's interesting uh, having a, being able to cross over from a kids artist to a popular artist is difficult but you know at the same time there's tons of kids you know i just want kids to hear it and i want to see if they like it and most kids do like it so that's the challenge of running a record label is is just finding your audience, you know? And I realized like, well, most of the kids like my music. So let's just find all the kids and like have them listen to it. So that's easier said than done, of course, you know, cause you have to go through YouTube and you have to find their parents and their parents have to play it for them and the whole thing. So I don't know. I'm just trying not to really worry about that so much and just make really cool music videos with the kids and make really cool songs and make, awesome stage presence and awesome visuals and just focus on the art, you know, cause that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Just focus on the art, focus on the experience we're having and then everything else will fall into place. So as your daughters go through this with you and you're creating this with them, how have you brought them into the whole experience and allowed them to start to create in their own ways? Well, I mean, I just released a music video, Triple Rainbow released a music video yesterday called Dance Party, and 
the video, if you watch it, is my nine-year-old made all these sets. They're like diorama sets for dolls. And she made a whole series of instruments, mics, and amps, and guitars that are tiny miniature versions of the ones, the big ones that I was telling you about that we made. And the dolls play it in stop motion. And so we did this whole stop motion video that we'd made together. And it's like, really, it got really intense because it was like, once you start doing it, you realize how hard it is, but then it's also addicting because as soon as you make like it look like this little doll's playing their drums, you know, I had to like we had to like super glue nails to her hands and paint them to look like drum kit drumsticks. But as soon as you can make the effect happen, it's like addicting and you like you have to do more. And then, so that got really fun. And you know, we make tons of stop motions. And they make movies, man. There's, we, I, t- I kind of showed her how to use iMovie in the beginning of the pandemic, and and she just took off. Her and Piper have made like forty movies. They're edited and they have plots, and she puts music to them and voiceovers, and then puts stop motion to some of. Them. It's awesome. I mean, it's it's like they really she really took off, and like I've really seen them, you know, like get into like making making you know these these like movies and music videos but then also you know it's ultimately about like making you know having fun pretending you know it's like a that's that's the 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 core of it is like having fun pretending bonding with your sister bonding with your dad and then having something to look back on and be proud of you know getting from the beginning to the end is a cool thing that i think they are learning is like we're gonna start a project and it's going to be hard in the middle, and then we're going to end the project, and then we're going to do something new. You know, every creative project that I've been a part of has sucked at some point, you know, uh, during, during the middle of it. You know, there's always some messy middle where something goes wrong. And so I try to, try to explain to the kids, you just got to expect it. Like, expect it to be hard, and then also expect it to be super rewarding and awesome, at the end, you know, and I think I wish somebody had told me that, but I guess I obviously learned it along the way. So that's cool. But yeah, just that's a lot of the experience. So as you look into the future for Triple Rainbow and what you would like it to be, but also as you talk to your daughters about the future and what they would like it to be, what is either the connect or the disconnect? And what do you, what does that look like at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually a really good question. I have a vision, you know, very vivid vision of going on a tour and, you know, running around and doing, you know, taking our show on the road and playing for people if, you know, this darn pandemic would ever let up and, you know, kids shows are a thing again in a lot of, you know, cities. And I think they are coming back, but you know, if I can definitely envision going and playing shows at places and libraries and birthday parties and festivals and museums and, you know, etc. And they're excited about it. July is excited to play music for people and I think she's going to have some sort of creative force in her life whether or not it's for professional or not but she's definitely getting a great experience with it which you know I think in the end I want to be able to look back and have like a nice album of things that we did together and I would love for a million people to hear Triple Rainbow and of course I want it to be popular and everything else but 
it's also just like exactly enough. I realize like when we're because we've made these things together, like that's just like exactly enough. And like and you know, so obviously there's ambitions to make people hear more of it and do rad stuff and like make people excited is the goal. But if we reach six people or six million, it, we still have this experience that we're you know we're doing it all together. Now we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions, delve a little bit deeper into you as a dad. You ready? Awesome, awesome. Yes. In one word, what is fatherhood? The first word that came to my mind was messy. <laughs> I'd like to say something more epic than that, but that feels like feels feels right. Messy. It can be. It definitely can be. I would also say, in one word, what is fatherhood? Joy, essentially. Now, when was the time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? The first time I felt like I succeeded was when they were, you know, July, my first daughter was really little. And I realized, like, I just changed a diaper. And I'm going to change a lot of diapers. And I don't think I ever saw my dad change a diaper. And, like, that just seemed like success. I don't know. It was very small, but that seemed like success. And then more recently, you know, I, I feel like I was, I'm was i successful when I just sit there with them and talk to them when I need to do something else and I know that they need me, you know, when I'm pulled in two different directions, choosing them as often as I can, you know, feels like hard, but it's also, it's, it is, that feels like success. Now, if I was to ask your daughters, how would they describe you as a dad? They would probably say he's silly and funny, weird, and ultimately that I like to have a good time with them. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? Well, you know, my father was definitely a huge influence on me. And, you know, as fathers who had fathers, I think we all see the places that our dads succeeded and also where they, you know, struggled. And so I would say, like, the biggest influence on my father, being me being a father, has been my own father, because he did show me a lot of the template of how to be a good dad. And I look back and realize, like, how much he sacrificed and how much he gave me along the way. And he definitely was not perfect, but it was inspiring, like, the stuff that I saw that he did, that he didn't have to do. Like, he chose to be good a lot of days, and that's inspiring to me. Now, you've said a lot of different things today, but what's one piece of advice that you'd want to give to all dads? The advice I would give to all dads is just, like, take it easy on yourself (laughs) and take it easy on your kids. Take it easy on your partner and, like, insert lightness and fun and play into your life find something that you think is fun and make the kids do it with you and it's it's one thing to like always be playing barbies or dolls or something like i know dad's it's not like dad's favorite thing to do but you do it but then if you find something that you really like to do and do that with your kids it's like you're playing with them all the time and like you're constantly making memories and constantly doing this awesome thing. And then they'll look back and like, be like, yeah, that's what we did. That's what our family did. We made model airplanes together. We like made music or made movies or whatever you're excited about. But like, rather than just going through the motions, like be like, I'm going to have a freaking blast with my kids today. You know, what is that going to look like? And it can be what I want to do, not just what they want to do. You know, if I can find, if you can find the sweet spot and the Venn diagram of between what you like and what they like and then do that, then it's, 
I mean, it's awesome. And the thing is, is kids like kids like a lot of stuff. If you're just stoked about something, like you can go be stoked about digging a hole, and they'll want to go help you dig a hole. If you're making it like this is the best thing we could possibly be doing because they just want to be with you. You know, kids just want to be with you, and they just want to like learn and experience and talk about stuff. So it's just like, I don't know. It's like, it's hard in this modern age to like move through life. And like, there's so many things to be done and work and money and politics and relationships and transportation and is all like takes up all your time. So it's like, just really like when you have the time utilizing it in an awesome way that feels good because ultimately it feels good to like be with your kids and have a great time and like laugh and be silly and like you know like you get the endorphins and like the dopamine and the like serotonin from it you know and you want to do it more it's addicting it's great advice and i really appreciate you sharing that now if people want to find out more about triple rainbow or what you're doing next where is the best place for them to go uh yeah, Triple Rainbow YouTube and Triple Rainbow Instagram, Triple Rainbow with two V's instead of a W on Instagram and YouTube. And then of course follows on Spotify and really like independent musicians just need support, you know. So it's like if you like what we're doing, share it and check back and like and subscribe and all that stuff. I mean, that's kinda how musicians right now get their get the word out is through digital media and go see a show, you know. If you, if you, if you see us in your town, come see a show. Hopefully we can get out on the road eventually. But thanks a lot for having me and it's been a pleasure talking about fatherhood. It's been a pleasure having you on. I really appreciate all that you said, but also what you're doing to be able to engage your kids in the world that you know, but also getting them to know it as well. And I wish you all the best. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad 
you can be.